Welcome to In Your Corner with Core Physical Therapy. My name is Scott McKenzie, and this podcast is uniquely positioned. And what I mean by that, we bring the medical industry, the medical professionals to you. And we talk about better pain management. We talk about rehab after surgery. We talk about improved mobility. And we talk about preventative care. And you know what else? We talk about so much more on this particular podcast. Now, thank you for joining this podcast. So let's get on with the interview. Welcome to In Your Corner with Cora Physical Therapy. Thank you very much for joining. And remember to go out to CoraPhysicalTherapy.com to find out more about Cora Physical Therapy. Did I say Cora Physical Therapy a number enough times in that particular sentence? Did I? I think you could try one. Yes, and that's so CoraPhysicalTherapy.com. <laughs> you will not be disappointed. How's that? There you go. That was perfect. I'm telling you, I, I, I go out to that website. It's pretty doggone good. You know, it, is. it, it just is. is. You guys do a good job at that. All right. For the listeners out there, we got to just sort of level set. We got to figure out who you, you two wonderful people are. Starting with you, Lindsay, give us a little background, a little 411 on who you are. All right. Hi, guys. I'm Lindsay Morales. I am a OTR with Core Physical Therapy. I am also the clinic manager in our Lauder Hill location, which is in sunny and South Florida. Mm-hmm. Um, I have been a therapist for about six and a half years, going on seven years in July. She started and, at 10. Uh, <laughs> started at 10. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Thank you for keeping me young. I appreciate that. Right, you're welcome. <laughs> um, and I feel like I have kind of moved around and done a whole lot of different things, but I have in the past, you know, three or so years really found my passion in hands and that outpatient ortho facility. And um, that's where I found my home in Cora. Uh, a little clarification. What's an OTR? What's the R? The R stands for, no, I'm just kidding. The R stands for registered. Um, it just means that I'm registered by the National Board Certified uh, Company. Hey, come on, you're an OT. Isn't that just enough? No, I mean, come it on. It is. It's just an extra fancy letter. I paid a little extra money yeah. to school for it. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> Shh. Maybe All I right, listen, We're going to also talk a little bit about uh, demystifying whatever OTR CODA, which is you. Talk to us, Marcella. Give us a little background. All right. My name is uh, Marcella Stevez. I am, an, I'll say, a CODO, which is Certified Occupational Therapy Assistant. Um, and I'm also from sunny South Florida. Uh, Lindsay and I do work together most of the time. And she was actually my clinical instructor while I was doing field work. So we've known each other for some time, um, even prior to that. Uh, I've been a therapist and with Cora for a year. This is like my first job out of school, but um, I do have experience working in healthcare as part of um, the therapy department, but I was more in an inpatient setting. So yeah, I was, see that's, that's, that's pretty cool. I'm going to tell you, you guys got, you got a lot of challenges out there. Just FYI <laughs> between you and me. You do. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so um, for, for clarification, we've got an OTR, we've got a CODA, C-O-T-A. How does the CODA work with the OTR? What's that sort of that relationship look like? It's best friends. I mean, you know, have you ever heard of that? Like, yeah. <laughs> have you ever heard about best friends? Right. No, right. but in all seriousness, um, the OTR and the CODA do work very closely. It really depends on what kind of setting you're in, but we'll talk about Cora's particular relationship. Marcella and I work closely together and 
Um, I'm developing the uh, plan of care based on my evaluation of the patient and whatever their diagnosis is. And then we collaborate together. Um, we put our heads together. And as Marcella loves to say, we Nancy drew it. Um, we get to the root of the problem. We figure out exactly what is going to be best for this patient, whether, you know, their wishes is to get back to getting into the gym or playing softball or playing rugby, or they're just a knitter or crocheter, whatever they do for their fun. It's, um, it's, it's a common statement. So you go to the therapy of some sort, right? OT. Yeah. And it's always the question, well, when can I start, you know, hang gliding? When oh, can I start? Absolutely. You know, absolutely. Jumping off you, the you'd cliff. be surprised with the, a lot of the things that some people do. Uh, we have a kite surfer. Yeah. Um, we've had some That's people cool. who we had a girl who worked in a uh, zoo and she was a zoological tech and she got bit by a monkey. So we've had some real fun experiences of different things that people have come in for and wanted to get back to. So, That's yeah, actually, cool. yesterday we saw a gentleman that he makes models of boats like but he literally carves them out of wood so when he's an issue with his hands that's a big deal to him so yeah, yeah. yeah. and he came yeah. in and he was completely uh, he was completely confused he's like I don't understand he's like I'm retired I shouldn't have problems with my hands and I was like all right well what do you do for your hobbies and he brings out these pictures of these intricate like Wow. The Mayflower, the Santa Maria, yeah, the Titanic, really wow. gorgeous, huge ships. Super and he's legit. Like, oh, yeah, I, he's like, I, went, I, I whittled them from, from wood, from scratch. And I was like, oh, okay. And we're confused as to why your hands hurt. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Because that's that's not easy, right? That's not no. easy at all. Okay. So I let's start uh, talking a little bit about misconceptions, right? I, me, Scott, not the sharpest tool in the shed. However, I have a hard time differentiating between PT, OT. What, what does OT, what does, what's that circle of influence that OT brings to the table? You want to take this one first? Or? I mean, the best example <laughs> that I think I've heard in other podcasts, I've heard from other people, but I will continue to drill it and take it home is that um, PT might be able to safely get you out of bed in the morning, walk you 15 feet to your front door. And then OT is going to meet you there and they're going to say, now what? And as OT practitioners, whether it's the CODA or the OT, um, or even as a tech, we're working with that now what? And we're working on the activities that are getting our clients back to what they do on a day-to-day -day basis. So we're going a little bit deeper into those issues where the PTs tend to take a little bit more of a biomechanical approach. Um, and they're really looking at the muscular structures we take it one step further. We're looking at those muscular structures and then we're doing an activity analysis on them. And we're really figuring out, Hey, what is it that you want to get back to? What's meaningful to you? Like if you came to us, what would be meaningful for you? You said right before we started recording, uh, you go to the gym, like right? Hair. You like want to get hair? I have a magic wand. Is that an OT problem? That can be <laughs> No, unfortunately, that is not in our school book practice. Yeah, no, something I usually tell my patients is um, think of PT is going to focus a lot of strength and movement, right? Yep. Like that'll be their yep. main um, focus. And while, of course, you need strength and movement in order to be able to do those important things like, you know, get up and walk to the door, OT should always be synonymous with function. Um, and function looks different for everybody and everybody function requires a certain level of function 
to do different things, like right. we were saying, whether it's going right. to the gym or knitting or doing something else. So, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. OT should always be set out of his function. Correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, if, there's a lot, lot that goes beyond that, that whole PT, you know, okay, I'm strengthening, I'm strengthening. Then there's this whole life out there, right? And there's yeah. this whole life out there that has to, I, I don't want to, I, I don't want to minimize it, but there's a lot going on out there. And, and is that, that sort of the, the mindset with uh, an OT as, Coda um, and you just. Is, yeah. As OT professionals and as clinicians, our job is to use the psychosocial approach. And we are really trying to build these um, relationships at Cora. We like to call it therapeutic alliance where we want to get to know this patient on a deeper level and find out what is most meaningful to them and what their return to function looks like. So perfect example, we have had, um, you know, patients who have come in and they're of an older generation where they are gentlemen who have been strong workers their entire life. And they have women who are at home who are the caretakers of their children. They cook, they clean, they do all of these things for them. And then they come to therapy and we're like, oh, okay, so let's get you back to being able to do house tasks, like, yeah. you know, making yourself a meal, making yourself, and they correct us right away. And no, nope, my wife does that for me. I need to be able to do this. I need to. And so it's not clear cut. It's not a cookie cutter idea. So as OT professionals, the huge, huge thing is building that relationship and finding out in particular, in that situation, it doesn't matter if three people walk in with the same diagnosis, they all are going to have different goals leaving and they all are going to look like different treatment sessions. Yeah. And sometimes you're also starting from that, like you said, there's a lot going on out there. So sometimes you start from that higher like level of function and then fine tune it. But then other times I've had patients who after some treatment sessions, they come back and they're like super excited because they were able to put on their bra for the first time in months. Yeah. So, um, I sometimes call it, it is a, yeah, there you go. <laughs> we've had patients who have literally come in and they're yeah. so excited that they were able to eat cereal for the first time by no themselves because they were steak. able to use a spoon. No and way. it seems like such a small task, but they come no. in and they're so excited. Isn't that something I, I didn't realize that. And, and I, it, but Again, it, it it gets down to that education because I I I just I, I, we just don't know about those people that are having problems just handling a a, a spoon, right? And but yeah, they exist yeah. out there and they need the help, and that is that's a part of that freedom side, right? You know, yeah. yeah. And Lindsay mentioned an activity analysis, which I think is also like the root of OT. So we talk about eating cereal, right? And you just say yeah. you're eating cereal, but to break down the entire activity of eating cereal, you have to be able to walk into your kitchen, stand at the counter, reach overhead to yes. grab a, a cup, you know, uh, not a cup, a bowl, then the cereal, yeah. have the coordination to pour it, be able to grasp the spoon, bring it to your, like all of those little tiny little like micro tasks that we tend not to think about until somewhere in that process, you can't do one of those tasks. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it's impossible. Right. And it's like grabbing that half gallon of milk out of the refrigerator. Not an easy yeah. task sometimes. That's a, that's no, a not at all. It. 
And try doing that after like a rotator cuff repair or something when you live by yourself. That's not an easy right. task at all. Or even if you have carpal tunnel and you have such weakness and or not just weakness, yeah. excuse me, but like numbness in the hands that you literally yeah. can't feel that spoon or that gallon of jug, yes, uh, yes. gallon of milk in your hand and you're dropping things. So so it but it goes beyond hands. I mean, you guys do more than just that. Absolutely. Yeah. Right. But but how do you simulate that? How do you simulate that let's just continue to sort of pull on that. I, I want to eat cereal, you know, mm-hmm. use case. Yeah. To, to so pull in a that's where part. education is like such a huge thing. We are basically kind of telling our patients, close your eyes and let's imagine while we're doing things. Cause obviously if you've ever walked into a core physical therapy clinic or any therapy gym, it doesn't look like your house. It looks more like a gym We typically are not using, you know, bowls and spoons and we don't have milk laying around with lots of plethoras of cereal or anything like that. We do have some utensils. We do have some utensils. (laughs) And we do have some cereal in the lunchroom that if you're nice, we'll offer you. But (laughs) I'm going to pause just for a moment. Just hang tight. Okay. I'm going to pause it. All right. We are back. Go ahead. we uh, We were talking a little bit about how we take apart the activity and how it's so important for us to kind of use imagery with our patients. So like if we were using that example of being able to, you know, pour, um, you know, milk into your cereal, we might have like a weight that would only be, you know, one pound, two pounds, whatever it is. And we're going to work on that motion where we're going to have the patient literally hold that weight and we're going to simulate this motion back and forth. And while it looks silly when you just hand the patient the weight and ask them to do this back and forth, when you put that imagery into their head and you say, this is what the motion is doing, or if you give them what we call it a TheraWeb, which just looks like a funny little circular web with a bunch of holes in it, and you tell them to push on it like this, they're like, well, why am I pushing on this like rubbery web? This looks ridiculous. But you tell them that, you know, this is working on your wrist flexion, your extension, so you can push your car door closed, or you can, you know, push your seat in at the table or, you know, any of those things. It's really taking apart that activity and bringing it to life and bringing it back to function. And that's something that we are always nagging our PTs about. We go into the clinic and we tell them to do the same things. (laughs) See, this is interesting. Uh do you, do you, you find that there's like advancements like okay I got this little one pound thing and I'm doing this and I'm I'm mm-hmm. simulating a pouring of a of milk yeah. right and but then maybe something will come out and say hey do it this way it's better results better rep- for sure you're always sort of you you have to keep current on that stuff right of course and that's like a huge um, current issue that's facing the occupational therapy profession is keeping up with all of the trends and keeping up with all of this uh, new technology. Um, I think that it's awesome that we have all of these things like AR technology where we can have you know a system where we can put a little um, AR like goggles on a patient and all of a sudden they're augmented in a reality room. AR yeah. augmented reality. Sorry, I had to, I had to sort of put my thinking Sorry, cap on. Yeah, <laughs> I, See, I, I didn't even know that I knew what that stands. I don't even knew that. I don't even know that I knew what that stood for, but I knew it was AR technology. Augmented reality. I should have. I should have asked my best friend over here. She's the real like nerd, Um, (laughs) but they have those, which is really cool. However, you can't lose sight of like the traditional things, because I think if I put an augmented reality device on an 85 year old 
patient, they would not only look at me crazy, but they'd be a little scared. They'd be a little intimidated. So know your crowd too. (laughs) And and also understand the hurdles to accessibility. You know, there, let's say that somebody posts a stroke, there is technology out there that can, you know, like a glove that'll really very intricate and it'll like keep the hands open. So it's preventing those contractures that glove realistically also costs between three and $400, which a lot of our patients don't have. Um, so you need to be able to acknowledge what the technology can do. And it really is wonderful. Almost maybe learn the mechanics of it a little bit and see what you're able to do with what you have or what that patient has. Um, I call so- that doing the old school. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Hey, have you did have you put on that uh, AR goggles? I have. Um, <laughs> they give me motion sickness. They do. They, they give do, me motion don't they? They're, a they're legit. And um, I had the opportunity to use one of the new, really cool ones at one of our local hospitals. And I honestly, because I had seen so many YouTube videos of people like feeling like they're falling off a cliff or something, yeah. I was like, I'm not walking. I'm not moving. I'm not doing anything because <laughs> I'm not going to be the silly one to go face first into a wall that everyone's going to repeat and watch on YouTube over and over again for the next you 20 will. years laughing it, at me. <laughs> it's, it's amazing. And, and you know, it's, it's from my, you, you see it from a game perspective. Okay. Yeah. There's gaming, there's gamification of whatever it is, but I love to see how it translates into like the therapy side, right. And how yeah. you're, you're training the brain a certain way and you're, you're, sort of creating pathways, whatever it might be. I, I just think that, and we're still sort of to a certain extent, just at the beginning of it. Right. Do you think? Absolutely. Yeah. And I actually think that it's really cool when we can kind of change a patient's mind, so to speak. So um, a few weeks ago, we had a patient that came in and they were fortunate enough to be treated um, post stroke at one of like the top of the line um you know, medical centers, they were at like Emory University, um, which I believe, if I'm not mistaken, is in Atlanta. It is. Um, And they have some of the coolest things in their gym. You know, they've got the augmented reality thing. They've got their whole little mini shopping center where they're simulating. They even have a car that was donated that they can do car transfers in and out. And then they come home and they are kind of let down by all of the therapy places that are around because they're like, well, you don't have all of these things. How are you going to treat me? <laughs> and I told the patient, I said, listen, just give us a chance. And if it's not what you expect, then please, by all means, I want you to get the best, best care possible. Yeah. And it's been about three weeks now. And they came back and they were like, you know what? You're right. You were able, you've been able to do everything and more than what I was doing with less which just goes to show how like clinically, um, you know, diverse our clinic is and how much our therapists are willing to kind of MacGyver and use what they have. Yeah. You know, it, it, without a doubt, Cora prides itself and rightly so that, that you do give a lot, you, you do give to the patient and uh, uh, it's, it's definitely evident. Now let's, so we take that analogy. We take that scenario. I'm getting a better feel for uh, PT. I don't elevate the PT people anymore. I elevate the OT. <laughs> there you go. There you go. Join the Therapy dark side. Join the dark talk side. Right there. 
we've got better toys. Yeah, <laughs> we do. We have more fun stuff. When you come into a clinic and you see the OT section and the PT section, your eye automatically goes to all the fun colors and toys and stuff that are happening over in OT. And then you look at all the torture devices that PT has and you're like, hmm, I think I'm feeling OT today. Yeah. <laughs> now, I want to, when a uh, patient comes in, right? Patient comes in, has whatever challenges they have. And uh, there is got to, there has to be an assessment of some sort. And in that assessment, whatever, whoever makes it, doctor, Cora, whatever the process is, will determine the best action or uh, best treatment. And yeah. is there, is there a way, uh, is it not uncommon for a blending of PTOT type of combination where, oh yeah, you're going over here, you're going to, you're going to strap in there and then you're going to go over here and you're going to do whatever. Does that happen? All the time. Yeah. I think um, we work very closely with our PTs um, and the PTAs where I'm constantly learning things that they're doing when it comes to, you know, your more gross motor stuff. And thankfully everybody that I work with is lovely. And they always come and ask me questions for more of those refined things, or even just like a creative look on how to do something. Um, and it is also very common that, you know, it's, it's very rare that just one thing is ailing someone, especially with a neurological condition or something like that. Post-stroke yeah, patients, we, I'd say like 25% or more of our patients see PT and, and OT, OT together. 25%? Um, yeah. Or more. I mean, that's probably, yeah, I'm probably undercutting it. Um, but yeah, because I mean, after a stroke, like Marcella said, there's more than one thing that's ailing you yeah. um, and we all need to work together. And I think that that level of camaraderie and the multidisciplinary approach is the optimum approach for a patient after any kind of neurological deficit. Um, because especially what's really cool in Cora is that because we work in the same gym together, I can see my patient that I maybe just saw on a Monday on Tuesday working with PT. And I might notice something that they're doing in PT. And I'm like, Ooh, when they come back to me, we're going to work on this. And I know that the PTs do the same thing. And then we kind of chat together and we kind of come up with a plan and sometimes we get to tag team in together and be mm -hmm. able to do things. So and it really overlaps. And really like the treatments kind of build on each other. You know, once you are able to do this, okay, like let's work on, like she said, on taking that a step further. So yeah. it, 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 sort of, you know, one of the misconceptions that I see is that, okay, OT, all hands, but there's more all to hands, that. Yeah. Oh, Give absolutely. us a little flavor of what, what, what that means. I got I got the pouring of the milk and I've got the mm. you know scooping of the cereal. So I've seen patients I've actually seen um like lower extremity patients specifically um for edema and things like that but you might come to us we see a lot of um cervical and neck injuries uh, and things yes. like that yes. uh shoulders I recently elbows. um in the past year took a course on vestibular um and balance therapy um, because that is predominantly something that a lot of PTs end up treating, but I think it's so important in OTs because if you have vestibular issues, um, if you have some vertigo or dizziness or balance issues, whether it's like from medication or an inner ear issue or whatever is going on, that's going to affect your day-to-day -day life. Um, like Marcella mentioned, lymphedema. We love wounds. I know that's our favorite really thing. Gross, but <laughs> <laughs> Say that again. We love what? Wounds. I've actually, Wounds. 
I've actually had Marcella come up in the middle of one of my emails <laughs> and introduce herself to a patient. Hi, I'm Marcella, and I really like scabs, <laughs> which I know sounds terrible, but this patient just had a nice, fresh surgery, and we are the ones that are keeping those surgical sites clean, removing the sutures, healing any kinds of like burns or any kind of... Um, you know, mismanagement of your wound care because some patients don't realize that's another thing to take things on and off after surgery. They're not getting the education that they need. So that's us. Yeah. We also do. uh, I have treated patients obviously in a, after the acute phase, once they're out of the hospital, but for burns, um, for contractures and like the shoulder, the axillary space and the hands. Um, we do gunshot wound victims. We've had several of those. Um, traumatic brain oh injuries yeah. and then not necessarily in Cora in particular, but OT is, this is something that we are currently facing in the OT profession, but I think I'm so proud of the way that occupational therapy professionals have learned to overcome and adapt the needs of the world. And there's pretty much OT everywhere. They're even hiring OTs in prison systems to deal mm-hmm. with our aging population of um, people that are in the prison systems, because believe it or not, whether you like it or not, people that are in prison are going to age. They're going to start to become frail. They're going to have issues. And, mm-hmm. you know, in the United States, we have to take care of them. We have to deal with their vision problems or dental problems and their body too. So we're hiring OTs in that area. We have them in schools. We have them in low vision centers and like schools for the blind, which is really cool. So OTs everywhere. And See, I think that's what's so awesome still, about is, the profession. It's still confusing. Why, why is PT so easily understood? And then the OT is like, yeah, we do that too. We, we do, do everything. That's <laughs> right. You need We're your like lawn mowing. We do lawn mowing too. And we edge it Yeah, well. exactly. If you pay us enough, we'll come to your house and we'll yeah. do gardening for you. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> you, just, you just rattled off a bunch of stuff that, that I, I just think that there's a, there's, I, you know, I don't understand any of that. I, you know, I, yeah. maybe if uh, you know, I've been very fortunate. I think it's stuff that, has really been overlooked over the years and not only is it overlooked but as it's becoming more popular we're realizing that we have all these trained medical professionals that have gone to school for and it's for pt as well pts can go into these um you know odd fields as we call them or like the niche different uh areas as well And they're realizing, hey, instead of thinking of a new career and calling it like, I don't know, like a a prison nurse or something, (laughs) we have these professionals that do all of these things already. So why don't we bring them in and create a position for them? Because they're already skilled in doing all of these things. Um, So it's really cool that as a profession, we've been able to adapt and kind of just integrate ourselves within all of these different areas. Yeah. And like the therapy world is small (laughs) and I had, yeah. And I know a lot of OTs and um, OTAs in Florida and kind of all over the country. And every single one of them that I know pretty much works in a different setting. Uh, And everybody kind of shares their knowledge with each other. (laughs) See, that's really interesting because you, you, the way I hear you, or what I hear you saying is that as you continue this future or this, whatever it looks like, you know, mm-hmm. yes, the last year it was just sort of this, but now we're realizing there's, there's 
tremendous applications throughout society that can can leverage OT, uh, yeah. all, all of the other, you know, the professions out there that that we just take for granted. I, I, I just think that's a really interesting, exciting type of uh, Very exciting. business to be in. I, I Most just, exciting. Uh, uh, recently, we were able to work with, Cora has an exceptional uh, workman's comp department that works very closely with some major corporations. And um, we're trying to get the OT and PTs as more of a prevalent, we call it a pre-injury screening. We want to prevent injury. We don't want to see people once they've already hurt themselves. Yeah, that's we want to get one. into these offices mm-hmm. and we want to prevent you from sitting like this at your desk and hurting your neck or, you know, hunching over at your computer like this or lifting with your back instead of your legs. Yeah, we want yeah. to get into these major companies and we want to discuss the importance of like good ergonomics, good body mechanics, all of these things, because all the studies are there. All of the studies have been done and companies can save major money if they are allowing us to come in and do this education before they're having to pay out for big injuries, which are going to have these people out of work for a very long time. Wow. See, you can, you can definitely get a baseline of, of their mobility, whatever their capabilities within the, whatever they're choosing to do. Right. I mean, that makes sense. I, I remember, what was it? Uh, we were, my other company mm-hmm. doing a pre-assessment and we did a lot mm-hmm. of industrial stuff. And so you didn't want to hire somebody who had, you know, problems with the back knees, whatever it might be. You had to, you had to understand that and, and create that. But it, it paid dividends. It's it, it's yeah. important, and it's important Absolutely. for everybody. We actually have our work comp specialists come in and do these assessments, which are really cool. Um, and it's for OT and for PT to work on. They're called poets, and um, it basically is a pre. I'm going to mess this up. It's a pre-occupation evaluation. Ooh, I don't remember what the T is for. Template. Template. Maybe. Maybe. Anyways, don't quote me on that one. But it's a poet. Anyway, so these page, uh, these people are coming in. They've already been selected for a job opportunity, and they want to make sure, like you just said, that they can lift, you know, a certain amount of weight, or they can push or pull or carry or whatever um, for whatever this job function may be. So that the company can determine that this person is fit for duty. Yeah, and that means that we're not just hiring people based on oh we love you we really like you a lot you're a really great interviewer and then you show up day one and you told us you could lift fifty pounds and you throw your back out. <laughs> so it's protecting the company and oh, it's yeah. protecting our community because as much as we love our patients we tell our patients all the time we'd love to see them outside of the yeah store like I want to see you at the grocery store. store don't come back here <laughs> yeah, yeah no, that makes sense here's a scenario I want you to sort of answer okay Marcella. I come into the, the clinic. I've got whatever OT stuff, and uh, you're a certified OT assistant. I want to see the OT. But do you, what do we do with that? What, what what level of care can you give me versus uh, uh, a registered one? Um, no, no, no it happens all the time. No, it, nothing it, less. It, it really does happen, and obviously, I, I respect the higher level of education. That being said, I would explain to them and it does, and it had, the question has come up and I would say from a clinical perspective, outside of the fact that Lindsay has more experience than I do, 
once the evaluation is finished, there is nothing that I cannot do that Lindsay is able to do. And also that being said, also understand that our treating therapy assistants and our evaluating therapists talk to each other constantly. Like we are always on the same page for treatment. So I think that usually uh, assuages some concerns as far as like, why is an assistant treating me? Um, whether versus a actual therapist treating me. So like, you know, yeah, we I, work on the exact same things and know that we work together. And if there's any concerns that I have, Lindsay well, is a right home call away, or I can just yell at her from across. Yeah. The <laughs> yeah. That makes complete sense. Yeah. That does. And we really try to have people get to know us mm-hmm. and what we can do to have them return to function before they're making that decision on that level of care that we can provide. Cause I, I tell people all the time, I ask Marcella questions because no therapist is perfect. We all have our own approaches. We all have our own, um, you know, creativity in the different activities we can do. Yeah, and we past really experiences too. Um, even just on past career, like professional experience, Lindsay has worked in this biomechanical kind of or, uh, orthopedic outpatient setting for much longer then when we have a patient with like a spinal cord injury or something like that, that's something that I worked with in the past. So everybody brings in a little bit of knowledge. It and sounds like a team everywhere. approach and that's yeah, the absolutely. Be, right. And it's, yeah. and if, if I had to, uh, if I went to your clinic, there's a team, there's a team of uh, people with various skills and abilities that, that, uh, are all focused on my success. If I was the, uh, the patient and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I could sit there and, and say, no, I'm not going to talk to Lindsay. I got this all yeah. over. You know, I, I, it's not that type of a game. No, 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 not only that. And I also think that as clinicians, that question has come up, but not very often because even as a OTA or a PTA, we educate our patients on what we're doing. And I always feel, especially in OT, like I said, we have fantastic toys everywhere, but people do say sometimes like, why are you giving me this toy to handle? And I explained to them very specifically what we're targeting with this, what mm. we're simulating and like, why this is an important skill. So then they kind of trust in me as a treating therapist. Um, then maybe they won't feel like they have to only be treated by Lindsay, although it's always nice to be treated by Lindsay. <laughs> I think so, it's important yeah. that we're always, um, we're kind of humbling ourselves mm-hmm. too. So there is across our clinic and something I take a lot of pride in, especially in my clinic is that um, we're never too much to ask another therapist um, if we're unsure of something. Absolutely. So everyone has, like she mentioned, their level of expertise. And I will go to PTs when I'm unsure and I will say, hey, listen, I'm doing something with this patient and we're mm. learning how to bend over and do whatever. And they're having this foot pain and like the feet are icky. I don't like, the <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, but, but seriously, I will, I am never above that. And I think patients really develop a respect for that. Oh, patients yeah. would rather know that you are going to someone else that you trust with their opinion than just BSing them for their own benefit, you know? Yeah, you, you can boosters. sniff that one out. I mean, if right. I was a patient, I'd come in and if I hear some you know, some shenanigans, I'd be mad. Yeah. I'd be mad yeah, because absolutely. that means you're not having my best interest at heart. You get this you Your know ego. team approach exactly. that's collegial area. 
Yeah, yeah. for sure. So letting your ego apart is something that really builds that relationship and that therapeutic alliance. And that is something that we value so much at Cora. And I really attribute that to the success of our patients. And, 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 you know, me, I'd probably be chirping at the other patients and say, Hey, what what do you think of Lindsay? (laughs) You know, what's actually funny. Our patients talk to each other constantly. Our patients are always pinning us against each other. (laughs) We have patients that come in that see PT and OT on a regular basis and they'll be, they'll chirp from their table. They'll be sitting in OT and they'll look at the PTs and they'll be like, what you doing over there? And vice versa. Or they'll come over and they'll be like, you can't torture me today. I'm with PT. You don't get me for an extra few days. Yeah, so we yeah. Or, or you have to take it easy on me today because, you know, the therapist over there went too hard on me yesterday. Right. And I'm like, stop right. me. <laughs> and I'm like, and there's certain therapists. I'm like, we don't complain about that therapist on Thursdays. So sorry. sorry. <laughs> That's great, man. That's great. Our patients even come in and they try and use bribery and they'll bring in, you know, sweets and donuts and deliciousness. And they're like, here, you have to go Nothing easy on me today. That. I brought yeah. you Krispy Kreme. I'm like, Nothing thank you wrong. for the Krispy Kreme. But <laughs> say, thank you. However, however, yeah. like you're, we're sticking Do to this. plan. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. As I shove this in my mouth, we're going to continue That's right. with the plan. <laughs> now, uh, before we depart. Did we forget about anything? Did we cover it? I, I, what I heard and still, you know, the, the, it's, it's like the OT does, does everything that PT doesn't want to do or, or it's, it's much broader. It's, it's like this big miscellaneous files to a certain extent, but what I hear and what I see is that it's an inquality of life again, down to the nuts and bolts of pouring that milk or, you know, picking up the spoon. I mean, that's, that's important stuff. That's, that's independence. I can hear my professor's voice in my head though, that we talked about OT and never once mentioned activities of daily living. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I'd get in trouble. <laughs> so I said, function is important for activities of daily living, right? Which is again, but that looks different for, for everybody. So, and that's that multidisciplinary approach is so mm-hmm. crucial. Um, and that is more so than just OT and PT that expands into our speech language pathologists, yes. um, our behavioral therapists. Um, we're talking about all of these wonderful people coming together and saying, I have a piece of the puzzle yeah. and it only works when we all come together and put our pieces together. Um, when we're missing one little section, then we're not doing everything that we can for that patient. Excellent. And so it's all got to come together at the end of the day. And, and just one last question before we depart. Well, there's two questions. So <laughs> this was the first of the two is uh, where, where do you really see uh, the OT profession sort of going toward outside of what we talked about, how, Hey, you can apply it over here, apply it over here. And, 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 and these, these cases, do you see anything that's really sort of, this is sort of an, 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 a new thing. I think that as a profession, we are becoming more specialized. Mm-hmm. Like you had oh, just mentioned, um, it's we're trying to get away from the miscellaneous file. We're not. We're trying I to like step that. away from the OTs do everything. Yeah, we do do everything, but each one of us are individual therapists with individual interests. So, like yeah. my personal um, passion, like I had mentioned, is hands, and so I want to become what's called a CHG, a certified hand therapist. Um, right. I'm planning to take that exam in the next year, 
And if every one of us as therapists specializes in different things, then that miscellaneous file turns into a nice sorted folder where you can say binder. Yeah. It's like a nice divider, (laughs) binder, color coded, color coded, organized, and you can flip it open and you can say, Lindsay does this and Marcella does this and Jamie does this and everyone does something so that it's, And that's, that's not to say that we can't all be versatile because I feel like that's a good word. Yeah. OT as a profession is incredibly versatile just yeah. because of all of these kind of little things that you are able to do and that um, all the OTs I know know how to do. That being said, I also think that every, each individual therapist specializing in something is also helpful. It just kind of it makes the profession more. It's just like when you talk about doctors, we use this example. I just heard Marcel say it the other day, you go to a doctor and you're going to go to your primary care physician. That's like your general doctor that makes sure that everything generally is okay with you. And then you go to your doctor and you tell him, well, I'm having some issues with my eyes. And that general doctor sends you to your ophthalmologist right. or your optometrist. Right. And then he says, oh, well, I've got some problems with my feet. And he sends you to the podiatrist. And then he sends you to the orthopedic. Yeah. And so within that general scope, there are those specializations. So while everyone can touch on everything, when you have those masters in those certain areas, those people that really are passionate, that's when you really shine through so that everyone can really kind of like, just like I said, the masters. In yeah, I see, and I, I'm a big fan of specialization. I, I really yeah. am. I think yeah, the outcomes are uh, more positive than a, yeah. a generalist, whatever it might be. For sure. Without a doubt. And I think I'm not- that with the research that's happening in the fields of healthcare with OTPT, you know, I think that the more research that's being done, the more that we're seeing the efficacy of this higher education yeah. and that's what's happening. So we're requiring our therapists to go to school for a longer period of time. And then when you get out of school, we're requiring our therapists to continue with their education and specialized courses. Um, and it's all for the benefit of the patient. Yeah. So I think that the possibilities are endless, but I really think that those specializations are going to continue to become more specialized so that you can really target. Yeah. One of the things that Cora does is as a new therapist and you kind of set goals for yourself for the year. And of course, as a new therapist, you're bright eyed and bushy tailed and want to get to know everything. So some of the goals that I set for myself were like rotator cuff tears, nerve injuries of the hand, uh, vestibular and all of these different things. And now that it's been a year, and, you know, you have to go back and look at those goals. I remember on a few of those things, I said, I did not start this because I chose to focus on something else more specifically, which I did. So, again, while it is important to be versatile and kind of know a little bit of everything, I agree that specialization is really I, I think the, 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 the versatility part allows you to make this, uh, decisions to say, right. you know, go talk to Lindsay. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, you know, Absolutely. I hear what you're saying. Talk to Lindsay. That type yeah. of approach, and I, I, I can really respect that. And and given the way healthcare and and the science is constantly evolving, constantly improving, and and it, it's it's hard to just say I'm a generalist. It it doesn't work. Yeah, yeah. Just, no, no. especially because it's too. You're not able to give a hundred percent of yourself. Yeah. And I think that that's where it comes from. When you try to be a generalist for too long, and you have your hands in too many things. 
while that versatility is important to stay up to date on things, mm-hmm. you can only give maybe 20% of yourself to this population and 20% to this population. Whereas if you specialize in a smaller area, you can give a hundred percent of yourself yeah, no. and you can really say, I know exactly what I'm talking about in this area and I can do the best for you. The, the other, uh, uh, podcast that we have on in your corner uh, talk specifically about the specialization and like uh, doctors are focused on augmented reality for shoulder replacements, right? Yes. And, and you have to give a hundred percent. You can't just sort of go, Hey, I'm going to be doing that today, man. I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, you know, that Somebody doesn't just work dabbling that way. In yeah. robotics. I just want to dabble in robotics. <laughs> yeah. Today. Just dabble in it. What the, <laughs> yeah. but, but, I woke up this morning and thought, Hey, right. this looks cool. Let's try it out. Oh, and, and the success is just, it's fascinating. So I'm all into the specialization. Okay. Uh, one last question. And that is how do people get a hold of you too? Um, well, you can always come by the Cora Physical Therapy Lauder Hill Clinic and see us in person. We accept baked goods of all kinds as bribery because and you know, fruit because some of us are allergic to gluten. <laughs> <laughs> um, but otherwise, you can reach us um, by phone at the Cora Physical Therapy Clinic, or my email is lmorales2 at corahealth.com. And mine is M Estevez. I'll go ahead and spell that for you. E S T E V E S at corahealth.com. So, uh, El Morales too. So apparently there's another El Morales. There is. And you know, what's interesting. I have not met this other El Morales and I want to know who they are. Fire up the old email and say, I should. Hey, who is this other El Morales? Tell me we need to be friends. Absolutely. Or is that just something that never it's seniority, probably, right? It is. Yeah, we did it for <laughs> it you. Be, it could be. You know, I let go of it a long time ago. I'm all right with the number two. I will all accept it. <laughs> it's a distinction. It is. It's a distinction. I don't have so. a letter. I don't have a number in my yeah, email exactly. address. I'll just say that I'm special. <laughs> There's the only one, uh, Marcela Estevez. Yes. Yeah, there you go. All right. All right. Well, hey, you two are just absolutely wonderful. Yep. Demystifying OT. I like that. I like what you guys do. That's Thank cool you. Stuff. We appreciate We like it. what we do. Yeah, we yeah. We were able to uh, spill shows. some tea today, some OT, and you were able to enjoy. Yeah, see? Yeah, I'm a better person because I had this conversation. All right, listeners, we're going to have all the contact information for these two fine professionals in the OT world. And, uh, and um, go out to, you know, go out to corephysicaltherapy.com. you got to do that. you got to find out more. There's a lot more. They care about you. Core yes. does. Come meet us. Get a yeah, free screening. Schedule an appointment. Stop by and say hello. Yeah. And cool. I feel like the more that people know about OT, the more it can grow within the company. There, so. you, go. there you go. See? Selling. That's enough. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you very much for joining. We're going to have another great conversation shortly. So stay tuned.